Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today I have joining me John McDonald. John, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here, John. John, tell me a bit about your current role in your company, Signum Displays. So I am the uh, director of business development here at Signum Displays. And, and basically what we do is we uh, create point of purchase displays and sales samples for, for companies across the country. Uh, we, we found that companies kind of have a tough time standing out in the retail environment, especially now. So what we do is, uh, you know, we have longstanding relationships with big box stores and, and, and things like that. And what we do is we take an analytical approach and create uh, eye-catching affordable POP displays and uh, sales samples uh, that actually get results in ROI. Uh, I've been in the industry for 17 years and uh, you know, this is just a good fit for me. Yeah, it was funny when I was researching your company before you know, I had you on the show and doing all my, my homework, um, it, it kind of made me think for a minute that, you know, when you're in the stores and you're looking at this stuff, you never think about what's behind that display, what when all the work that went into it. Nobody ever thinks about that at all. They're just like, oh, this stuff looks cool or whatever. That's probably intentional on your part, right? You want them focused on the product. Yeah, exactly. But there's definitely some support that can go into that product that makes it stand out a little bit more. And that's kind of where we come in. But you're you're totally right, Chris. Before I I I got to Signum, you know, you go in, you want to buy a faucet or you want to buy something, and, and you, yeah. you don't really pay much attention to what's going on, or you, neither do you know what, what actually goes into making that sort of display. You just yeah. notice the product. And that there, there's quite a bit that goes into it. And it's uh, oh, it's yeah. really interesting stuff. That's I started paying attention like the like next time I went into Lowe's or Home Depot and I'm looking at that big display of faucets or whatever. And you're like, yeah, you know, a lot of lot of work went into putting this together. You know, yeah. we didn't just wing it in the store, you know? No, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. John, thinking back over your career, what are the three things that have really contributed and driven your success? <sighs> You know, let, let, let's see here. So when, when I got started, um, you know, I, I, I my, my first sales job was kind of like a, like a board of the room. You know, we, we, we really, uh, we had to make a bunch of calls, set a bunch of appointments, and then that really set the tone for some really good habits of mine. So I think one of the biggest things was discipline. Um, number two, uh, you know, having a short memory, not, not being able to, uh, you know, let rejection get you down. And then, you know, much later in my career, you know, developing my own style and just being authentic. You know that that really um, that translates and speaks volumes when when you know you're not trying to wear a mask and be somebody that you're not when you're just yourself and you're just honest. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, you mentioned discipline as the first one. Was that something you had going into your sales career? Is that something you had to develop? It's something I thought I had, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, over over time I I had to develop it. You know, I I, I kind of. Gave myself a structured routine, uh, made little call sheets, and uh, you know set goals for calls per day, uh, and just really picked up and dialed and got hung up on the door slammed in my face a lot. But you know you 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 figure that out, and uh, if you could just push through that, you know um, it's uh, you know, it's cool when you come to the other side. You know, and I guess there's a, there's a fourth there too, and it's it's being uh, 
being comfortable with being uncomfortable, putting yourself in situations that you, you know, normally wouldn't be in. And, uh, you know, that's where the magic is, man. That, that's where, that's where it happens. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. You also mentioned, you know, kind of having a thick skin. Mm -hmm. Was that, how long did it take you to get to the point where you really were able to deal with rejection? Well, early in my career, I really didn't have a choice. You know, it was, uh, it was either sink or swim. So, uh, you know, it's, you, you kind of had to, you know, if I didn't have thick skin, I had to put on a really thick jacket for a while and just, uh, you know, kind of fake it. Uh, but, um, you know, that, that probably took me a good couple of years to really, really deal with that and, and get, get down to it and just not really care. Just pick up the phone again and go to the next call. What was your first job in sales? Well, I, I sold, uh, business to business telephone service. Uh, so we, we did, you know, it was, God, this is years ago. So this is before voice over IP. It was actually just starting to come out. So basically I, I sold long distance service to uh, company to company, just picking up and dialing and setting appointments. Um, and it was, you know, it was ruthless. You know, you, you had to get in there and, and say your pitch. And, you know, I, I had a boss who was, uh, he, he, he really, he, he was, he was great. Uh, you know, he, he was, set it out all for me. And that, that was like the basis of my sales career, you know, just setting out that structure, setting five appointments a day, you were making on 70 to hundred calls a day. And then you, that was it. So you do that and all's well with the world. And, uh, he was, he wasn't lying when he told me it was a numbers game. Cause once you started doing that and doing that day in and day out, all of a sudden the appointments start rolling in. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you've had a pretty good progression through your career. What, motivated you to, to go from sales into sales leadership? You know, it was kind of um, a real natural progression. When, when I started my next job, uh, which was with Alexis Exhibits, we did custom trade show exhibits. Um, you know, it, it was actually my, my stepfather started the company and it, it was really a ground floor. So he needed a sales guy. And, uh, you know, he came to me and just said, you know, what do you think? And we did it. And uh, honestly, I thought that it would be something that I would do for a little while and it ended up being 17 years. Uh, so it turns out I was good at it. Um, and once we started growing, um, it got too much for him to handle. And I started slowly taking over a little bit more of the sales role. And then all of a sudden it progressed into uh, sales leadership. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that attracted me when I was looking at your profile to invite you on the podcast is you were there for 17 years. You don't see that very much anymore. No, it's uh, it definitely it, it definitely is rare nowadays to to see that. Um, and you know, it, it was it was a great opportunity and a great company to work for when I was there, and uh, I really enjoyed it and learned a lot. But you know, when uh, when push came to shove, and I, I just had an opportunity to grow and see a new challenge, and I had to take it. How did you learn, or how did you keep yourself into learning mode when you're at the same company like that for so long, and you know, not necessarily you know, having other people mentoring you or whatever? Well, I, you know, my, my boss, my, my, my stepfather was, was a pretty decent mentor for me. You know, he taught me and showed me the ropes really early on, but since it was custom trade show exhibits, things changed constantly, you know, styles changed, everything changed. And, and since we were growing, you know, we, we constantly had people coming in and out. So it, what kept me motivated is just the different styles and the different trends that were going on at the time. And just, you know, kind of learning, you know, how, how, how to present those and, and, you know, what, what was going on in the industry and in presenting those to clients and prospects. So it really sounds like you really had to uh, spend as much time being an expert 
in the industry as it was an expert being in sales. Is that accurate? Yeah, you, you really had to know what's going on. And then you also had to know how to communicate that with clients and prospects, for sure. Um, so you were with them for 17 years. You were vice president of sales when you left Alexis. Can you talk a little bit or share with us a little bit about you know, moving from Alexis to, uh, to Signum? Yeah, you know, that, that was, um, that was a hard transition. I mean, our, our hard decision to make, uh, the, the transition took care of itself once I decided to make it, but you know, it was, um, it was a family business. So it was real tough. Uh, but like I said, the, the opportunity presented myself, presented to me here at Signum was just, yeah, I just couldn't pass it up. You know, it, it was, it was, a it was a way to kind of start over and start fresh and start from the ground and then kind of build a team the way that I wanted to build a team. And, um, you know, it, so far it's been awesome. Yeah. It's hard for people. I think a lot of people to make a leap like that, especially when you've been at one place for so long, you really get a comfort zone established. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what you were thinking about or your thought process around making that, that leap. And what ultimately was there one or two things that that ultimately led you to pull that trigger and say it's time? You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it, it, I just kind of felt in a rut. You know, um, I, I felt like uh, I've done all that I can do here, uh, and you know, it's just in, in order for me to grow and, and you know maximize what my my potential. I suppose uh, I, I had to move on you know, and, and that, that was really it. Um, and like I said, there, there's no ill will towards, uh, towards Alexis or the, or that it was, it was, it was really a great place to work, but it was just, I've, I've done all I could do there and I had to move. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, that's one of the reasons why I like being a consultant is I don't think I could ever be a, uh, regular employee. I need so much variety. I like being challenged and having those new challenges all the time. So I totally get that. Um, what was the hardest thing about the transition and what was the easiest thing about the transition? Um, you know, the, uh, they're probably the same thing, actually making the decision and, and weighing, you know, the pros and cons of both. Um, and once I finally was able to, you know, come to that crossroads, um, you know, that, that was the easy part. Just, you know, just, but I, I guess, I guess to answer your question more directly, the hardest part was actually weighing the pros and cons and, and, and figuring out and getting over the, the unknown. Um, and then, you know, just finally getting there and going, you know what, I got to take this leap and do it. And that, that part was easy. That was just taking one step, you know? Yeah. I, I was reading a book yesterday where they, uh, the author was talking about when you need to make a really, really hard decision, we typically drag our feet and analyze and analyze and we're not really sure. But then once you make that decision, you move forward and you think about it. And here is hypothesis, there's about 36 hours of pain that you have to go through around making that decision and going through the transition, all the things you have to do to tell people and whatever goes involved with that that big decision. But then once you're through it on the other side, you're done. And his whole thing was like, you know, if you you know, if you added up all the pain you went through before that with all the pros and the cons and all the analysis, 36 hours really isn't that bad. You know? No, so not this, at all. Yeah, his whole thing was like, those tough decisions, make them and move on because it's, it's 36 hours of pain. 
Well, that that's like the movie risky business. You know what I mean? It, it's it's sometimes you just got to say what the what the blank and make your move. You know, that, that's really what it is. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I love that. Um, the uh, um, so now at Signum, you you've got this opportunity to build out your sales team, like you said, the way you want it. What's your strategy for building out your sales team moving forward? Well, you know what I, truthfully, I I. I'm really busy with getting my my bearings here, but truthfully, what, what I what I really want is I want I want young, hungry go getters. I want I want people who you know can uh, are coachable, uh, and and that, that's that's basically what I believe in. I believe in more of a player coach model as opposed to a uh, you know a carrot and a stick. You know, just uh, I I'm here to help you get done what needs to be done, not to tell you what needs to be done. Uh, and, you know, so my, my strategy is to find people who um, are driven and share that same mentality. They want to learn, they're hungry, and they want to, they want to, you know, get into a business that is, can be very lucrative and, um, you know, continue on that route. Now, people can say they're hungry and aggressive in an interview. How do you find out if they really, if they've got that fire in their belly? You give them a chance. That's how you do it. You know, you, 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 you can only do in an interview what you can do. You can only ask so many questions. Um, and if a person's good, a good salesperson, they're going to, you know, try to sell. Yeah, they're going to sell themselves. Uh, so the only way to do it is they have the rubber meet the road and give them a shot. Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, you could probably tell if a person's doing what they say they're going to do within about, you know, 60 to 90 days, you're going to see if a person's motivated or not. Yep. If you find out you get into that scenario where, hey, maybe this person isn't what I thought or was hoping they would be, how do you handle that scenario? I think you let them know, you know what I mean? You let them know up front uh, once you start noticing a problem and you give them every chance to correct it. And then as soon as they don't, you have to, again, like we talked about earlier, you got to, you got to weigh the pros and the cons. You got to make your decision you got to do it as soon as possible. And that's um, in your best interest, the company's best interest and in the person who is doing the job's best interest, just let them move on. Yep. Um, so that, again, that's where that coaching philosophy comes into to play. Um, do you have any particular area that you'd like to start with when you, you notice someone's having a problem? You know, how do you dive in and identify the, the root issue there? Well, I, I think it becomes pretty obvious, um, especially in sales. I mean, you're either doing it or you're not. Um, and I think if there's an issue with a certain aspect, like they're just not getting in front of enough people or they're you know, complacent or it's a time management issue, you bring it to the forefront immediately. And you let them know what's going on. Um, I, I think that you know being transparent and communicating clearly, um, especially with expectations up front, um, is crucial. Um, because if, if you don't do that, then you know you're both kind of out there, and uh, you're you're expecting something, they're expecting something, and you both are starting to get angry uh, and frustrated. And I think that you know just letting them know what's going on immediately, as soon as you notice it, um, in you know a professional, cordial way, um, I think it serves serves everybody. You know, I, I've heard, you know, uh, you know, people being berated, uh, people being humiliated, and that's just no way to do it. You know, you're not going to get anywhere from that. You know, you have to uh, give them a chance. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, when you think back to young John getting started in sales, um, if you were hiring young John into the uh, uh, you know, and to join your team now, 
what would be that one or two things you would want to teach young John to be an effective salesperson? Get out of your comfort zone more. Uh, I, I wasted so much time, you know, trying to mold uh, my approach to what I thought somebody wanted instead of being authentic. Um, and, you know, once I found that and I was able to do that, it just opened so many doors. Um, and it allowed me to close some doors too, quite frankly, um, where, you know, we weren't a good fit. And I would just say, you know, be yourself, be authentic, you know, keep that drive, keep being hungry, but just, I hired you for a reason. I hired you. I didn't hire somebody you want to be, be you. Right. Right. Um, what was your thinking back to young John? I mean, was there, um, any particular obstacles that you struggled with? early on that you leverage as a learning experience for any young team members you bring on now? Yeah, you know, um, I've won a lot of deals and I've lost a lot of big deals. And the ones that I've learned the most from are the ones that I've lost, uh, you know, and I think that the experience from, you know, just really caring too much what people thought, uh, especially in presentations, is, um, you know, that that was a big detriment. And I, and I learned from that. And that allowed me to develop, develop a style that was just, you know, way, way more, way more me instead of trying to, you know, be somebody in a book I read or, you know, uh, be my boss, you know, because I'm just, I'm not that. I'm me. And it, you get what you get, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people can tell when you're faking oh, it. I mean, they absolutely so quick. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that is the truth. And that is just a, I mean, you could see it when you're buying a car or when you're, when you're doing anything, if someone's trying to be slick, you could, yeah. we, we could see right through it. It's just, uh, just be yourself, man. That's it. Relax oh, yeah. and be yourself. Yeah. I, I felt so bad for a guy called me yesterday. I answered the phone. No one is probably a sales call. And this guy immediately launched into his pitch. And I was thinking, number one, the, guy didn't engage with me at all. Like, Chris, how you doing? You having a good day or anything? Mm -hmm. It was just like, Chris, I'm gonna sell you. Um, what would you say to that? You know, if that guy was on your, your team, what would you say to that person about their approach? You're selling to a human being, be a human being. That's it. You know, it, what's on your mind is getting your pitch out as fast as humanly possible. So you can either, you know, see if he's going to bite or, or she's going to bite or, or move on to the next one. And that's just not how people buy, you know, you, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta relate, you know, you, you, you gotta engage, you gotta have a conversation as opposed to giving a speech. Right. It was clear to me, the person had no idea what my business was, who I was. I was a name on a list that he had to call. And mm -hmm. uh, why do you think people are still trying to sell that way these days? Uh, my guess would be because they have somebody, a boss behind them telling them, make the call, make the call, make the call, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Um, where you, you can get so much more for having 30 seconds of research, just going on a website and finding out what people are doing or, or checking a LinkedIn profile and figuring out what these people are about, as opposed to just launching into your pitch right away. Because honestly, you don't know what's going on in my world. You know, you, you, oh, yeah. you, I, I'm sure you were doing something else when you picked up the phone. Yeah. You know, you, you, you got to have some empathy for that. You know, oh, yeah. just people are busy, especially yeah. now. Yeah. And if, if someone actually picks up the phone, you know, you, you got to 
you got to at least engage them and, you know, understand that they're taking time out of their day. You're disrupting their day. Understand that. Yeah. I felt bad for the guy. I'm like, dude, you're not getting the training you need to be effective. And I wanted to tell him that, but I was busy. I didn't have time. Like, hey, look, (laughs) you're going to call someone. Let me tell you. Firstly, check out my LinkedIn profile, learn a little bit about my company and say, hey, Chris, I, I know you guys sell CRM, blah, 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 you know? nothing so anyway. something yeah. anything yeah, something. You're, you're, yeah you're totally right my uh my old boss was he was uh brutal when people would call i mean just brutal oh, yeah. and uh you know and i i would feel bad for people on the other end of the phone yeah. you know uh i mean it was funny but i, I feel bad for them so oh yeah, yeah i I, yeah. I get it how, how do you react when people are trying to sell to you do you critique them as they're selling to you or what do you do no, I, I don't. I, I try to be nice uh, in, in a way. Um, I, I guess, you know, I do on occasion if they, if the situation warrants it, um, if they're really bad, you know, I'll, I'll just say, hey, man, you might want to you might want to try it this way. You know, just just, you know, think about it this way. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I it's, what really gets me and I'm, I'm going to harp on this a little bit. It's just when people just jump right into what's on their mind without any consideration as to what's going on at the other end of the phone. Yeah. You, you got to have that because everyone's human, man. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. How much has selling changed for you guys in your market during COVID? And now that we're coming out of COVID or hopefully coming out of COVID, how has selling changed for you guys? Wow. Um, So like 108 or just complete and total 180. I mean, we, we went from, you know, uh, referring a lot on retail uh, referrals, uh, show floor selling, all that stuff during COVID. Uh, when I was with Alexis and everything just completely changed. Uh, you know, people were not even in their office. You're, you're trying to engage people on Zoom. Uh, you, you can't really get in front of too many people. Um, and, you know, the, so, so you get the, uh, you're calling me during a pandemic. What are you doing? This is crazy. Yeah. You know, so you, you really had to kind of be on your game and, uh, you know, just kind of plant a lot of seeds as opposed to trying to, uh, you know, get opportunities. It was, it was almost like, you gotta, uh, you gotta understand what's, uh, what's happening and, uh, you know, try to figure out when the next, uh, when the next deal is going to happen. It was, uh, it, it was, that was just really a unique experience. Um, and then you had to deal with downsizing and all, all that cool stuff. It's just, it was wild. What do you think out of that experience is going to stay with us moving forward these years to come? Well, I think people are going to engage uh, platforms like Zoom and Teams and, uh, you know, things like that way more than they did. Um, You know, I think you can get nothing's ever going to replace face to face, you know, being in a room with with a group of people. But this is pretty close. You know, it's at least as opposed to an initial call, um, you know, just getting somebody on the phone. You know, I've. Know, hey, let's hop on a Zoom real quick, and then you can actually see the person and present things on the screen. It just makes it a lot easier, um, and I think that's really what's changed the face of selling and go during COVID for sure. No, for me, it's like there's just since there's no longer any breaks in between anything anymore. Yeah, it's true. all back to back to back to back because it's so much easier now. Where it's like, hey, let's set up a Zoom call. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Are you available at 930 tonight? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't have a life. I'm stuck. No, it's cool. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, What do you think is the hardest thing about being a sales leader? 
finding the right people. Um, I think, you know, finding the right person and then developing your style uh, that's specific for that person. You know, if you have a team of five, you have five different personalities and you have to understand how to, you know, work with those five different personalities. And so I think that the hardest thing about being a sales leader is A, finding the right person and then B, developing your style for each individual person and keeping that straight in your head. Uh, that, that, uh, that, that can get a little bit time consuming. Is there anything about your job that you think is easy or came easy for you? You know, I, I, I was always good at relating to people. So uh, what, what came easy to me is, is you know, relating to uh, the people who, uh, you know, were working with me and also relating to clients. You know, it was, it was very easy for me to, you know, make friends. Uh, so I was able to see what people wanted. Uh, I was able to see what, you know, how I can help people in that regard and, you know, really capitalize on it. So we mentioned earlier about, or you mentioned earlier about um, those losses you learned the most from. Do you remember one deal in particular that was that one you thought you had it and you lost and it just hurt the most? Totally. I remember um, I worked for months on this deal um, and it was actually a current client and it was very big for me at the time. And uh, we went to pitch and um, I just botched the presentation. I was so nervous and I let myself get in my head and it was just, it wasn't good. Um, and just everything kind of fell out of place from there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we lost that. Uh, and, you know, I had a lot of eggs in that basket and uh, a couple lessons I learned there is a, just chill out and relax. It's not the end of the world. And B don't put your eggs in one basket. You got to diversify and get out there more. And, you know, I, when I took an honest look at myself, I became kind of complacent and, um, you know, I just started from there and just building and building and building and, um, it worked. What it takes a lot of self-analysis and, 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 uh, ownership to say, Hey, I screwed this up. It's on me. Um, what was that like for you? I mean, did that take days or was that something, you know, what was that process like for you? Well, you know, that particular process, there was nobody else who could have screwed up. It was me. <laughs> uh, but but it, it, as far as, you know, really looking at myself, that took, gosh, until recently. You know, it's just, you know, and I think COVID had a lot to do with that. And, and I think a lot of people experience personal growth during COVID. Uh, and, you know, I, it's really something that uh, I, I feel is incredibly valuable. Just, you know, being able to look in the mirror and just, you know, be honest with yourself. You know, people have a tough time doing that. And uh, I was one of them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, that's a tough rut to get out of, you know, and you just gotta, you gotta do it, but you're better off when you do it, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, you can actually analyze what you're doing on a daily basis and, you know, take a, and even just writing it down, writing down what you're doing. And, uh, you know, it really, really helps you go back and say like, okay, I could have done this a little bit better. I could have, you know, this was a waste of time. I didn't need to do this, you know? Yeah. Do you have like a personal credo or mantra that you, it kind of drives you forward? <laughs> um, Trying to think of one that's appropriate to say on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, my my uh, my my stepfather had this uh, this mantra that I like, and it's you either do or you don't. Um, you know, you you uh, you either you either are going to do it or you're not going to do it. 
And um, you can make all the excuses in the world. You can make all the justifications in the world. But the bottom line is you're either going to or you're not. And you actually make that decision relatively earlier, early when uh, when a task or something comes about. Yeah. I love that because that's uh, um, that takes ownership too. Like they, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to own it and do it. Exactly. Exactly. Accountability is a huge deal. Um, and unfortunately, I think it lacks. Everybody's looking to point the finger at somebody else, but you got to own your stuff, man. That that's that's really it. Yep. Uh, CRM. Do you love it or do you hate it? I actually love it. Uh, you know, I, I, I may be a uh, maybe rare in that, but honestly, it, it helps. Uh, it helps me stay organized. It helps with uh, you know, it helps with the marketing. It helps with all kinds of stuff, um, and it's really it's really been. Uh, something I've been able to leverage in my career to really keep me on task, especially when my business grew. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about the marketing side of CRM and that alignment that you really need to have between marketing and sales for sales to be effective. Um, do you have any thoughts or, or uh, beliefs that you can share with us around that creating that alignment between marketing and sales? Yeah. You know, that that's, Another thing that happened during COVID where we, we took a strong look at our marketing efforts and realized that it was lacking. And we, you know, we leveraged inbound, we leveraged LinkedIn, we leveraged, you know, just, you know, straight up taking pictures and putting them uh, on a LinkedIn profile. And what that ended up doing is driving things to our website. And when once that started happening, we were able to take kind of tweak that and, and you know, you know, use uh, SEO and all that cool stuff. And that really developed into a giant lead source for us. So basically what happened is, is marketing transitioned into sales that way. And it was almost started just an automatic, you know, lead generation tool. It was, it was, it was killer. What, what started that process? Was that everyone sitting in a room just saying, Hey, look, we need to do something different or what, how'd that start? It wasn't necessarily sitting in a room. It was, I was taking a look at our sales during COVID and trying to figure out another way to, um, you know, work these accounts. And uh, what happened is, you know, there were things happening out there that we weren't getting in touch with. And what we realized is that there was no brand awareness. No one really knew who we are. So we just started, you know, doing, uh, you know, pay-per-click ads and things like that and just started driving traffic and it ended up snowballing. And that led to, you know, things during COVID that we were actually able to capitalize on. And then post-COVID, oh, I don't want to say post-COVID, after uh, 2020, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it actually turned into some pretty lucrative deals. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Um, why do you think companies struggle to create that alignment between marketing and sales when it comes to that, that technology as well as just the, the people side of it? I think that uh, sometimes salespeople think that marketing is crap, uh, you know, that, that, that it's, uh, you know, it, it's, they're out there doing the legwork, you know, but marketing's the tools that help you get out there and, and do the legwork. Uh, and I, I think that there is a uh, lack of a connection with that. And I don't think there's an appreciation for it. Yeah, there's a lot of hard work um, that goes into the marketing side of things. And, uh, but if it's done right, like you said, it can be a tremendous lead funnel and, uh, and really drive the business. Absolutely. Um, if someone, if if there's a listener, listen, you know, that's that's listening to us talk, um, what advice do you have them to to address maybe the same issues they're having that that you had when you started your process? 
Uh, you're talking about the marketing process. Yeah, the, to to start to create that alignment with marketing and and create building that lead funnel uh, for their business. Just be patient and keep at it, and then get your stats together. You know, uh, you know, get numbers are going to sell salespeople. Uh, that that's really what it is. So have those numbers and have those ready to go. Um, and then once you know they uh, once salespeople get a taste of it, um, it's it's and, and how easy it ends up being for them. Um, it, it's it, it'll almost take care of itself. What kind of a feedback feedback loop did you create to help adjust what marketing was doing? Did you guys have to do any work? <laughs> well, um, one of the hats I wore was marketing there too. So the feedback loop was, was you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that that was a that was that was pretty much it. But you know, I, I did I did have to report and I did have to show numbers and I did have to let you know say what was going on. So that that was usually a, a weekly thing. Uh, where I would, you know, uh, post results and things like that. Okay. Uh, but then <laughs> I was the feedback. <laughs> that makes it a little bit easier. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, John, we're at our time here on Sales Lead Dog for this episode. I really appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to reach out, connect with you, they want to learn more about Signum displays, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, you can, uh, you can hit me up personally on LinkedIn um, and I'll give you my email address. Uh, it is jmcdonnell at sigmdisplays.com. Um, check out our website, uh, sigmdisplays.com. Uh, and that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me. Yep. And we'll have all that in our show notes if you want to uh, get that info on, on connecting with John. John, thanks again for coming on Sales Lead Dog. Chris, it, it was a pleasure to have to be here. Thank you so much. You bet. I'm glad. Now you're part of our Sales Lead Dog pack. So that's cool. I love it. Awesome. I love it. All right. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM. Delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.